This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and this is the flagship show available every Monday on podcast and video. And this is the Fleetwood Away edition featuring tonight or this morning, whenever you're listening, Northern correspondent Seb Brown and double shirts for double victories, double goals, whatever double you want, double D. Dave Diamond, um, how are you guys? Uh, let's start with Dave because of that. I just impromptu, just off the top of my head, Dave. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good, all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, thanks, Rich. Yeah, very yeah. good, thank you. Yeah, Seb, nice trip out for you yesterday as well. Yeah, spot on, thank you. We were spoiled with the weather. It was a, a lovely sunny, cold, but lovely, uh, lovely sunny day like it was for Morecambe last week. It was and, and absolutely the same today because went to the beach. It was lovely. It was shite here yesterday. (laughs) I can honestly say it was shite all day, wasn't it? I mean, I can't believe it. When someone, I think you said, when he posted the pit, what the hell's that? Yeah. Incredible stuff. There was a washout in Suffolk yesterday. Dave Diamond throwing, it's a a double double S. S bomb for the monetizations. That's what he thinks of your selection. YouTube, that's all right. Don't worry. We'll keep it in because we're, you know, this is, this is in, we're talking emotional things and, Weather is an emotional thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so, what, else, okay. what, else, what else is there to worry about? Let's moment? talk about some football. Hey? Let's talk yeah, about football. go on. So we'll, we'll be chatting about Fleetwoods. Um, not much news to discuss this week, guys. So I suggest we just jump straight into match action. And a similar situation for ITFC women. Um, we'll start there with um, their fixture at Bridgewater down in the southwest. To borrow a mechanism, and I think we... Said this on Thursday on the pre-match show. Said no mugs. Bridgewater fifth in the league. Don't lose too many games. Um, but another iffy surface. Uh, just as the men are experiencing currently at the moment, it's seemingly every other week the ITFC women's team rock up and uh, playing on a very questionable service surface. But fortunately, came out with a one-nil victory, ma- maintaining the good momentum from the cup win against Southampton and Anna Gray again 
stealing the headlines with the only goal of the game. Sounds like a nice finish just before half time, but unfortunately withdrawn at the break. Um, presumably a little injury there. Um, but good news, um, a really important victory. And it starts, there's a crescendo now in terms of the league chaps. Oxford v Southampton is the fixture midweek. Lots of intrigue and insight around that. Let me just quickly put the league table up for those watching on the YouTube and we can discuss this at the moment. So Ipswich back to the top spot with 48 points from their 19 fixtures and Oxford and Southampton just behind Oxford's having played one game less on 46. But this is the story at the moment. Southampton with a six-game advantage over the Tractor Girls on 36, 12 points behind. And as per some of our Twitter questions, let me lob this one in here and get some early views on this one. From FBL Tractor, what results should we be wanting in the Oxford v Saints women's game this midweek? Huge fight. And both teams find 20 points is some wishful thinking there. But just to put the league table up there again for you guys to help. Are we at the stage now where we just want Southampton to drop points and we don't mind if that's to Oxford? Or, Seb, we were talking in the digital green room just beforehand. You want to draw here. So give us your... Give us your logic on that one. I'm always of the opinion if there's three points up for grab, uh, one disappears off into the ether and only two get gobbled up, then that's a decent a decent result if teams are chasing you down. I, I just feel that, uh, I, you know, I think if you give Southampton the, the, the if Southampton were to win it, I mean, their, their fixes is surely going to catch up with them at some point. Um, but I, I wouldn't like to, you know, psychologically have, have, have Oxford level on points top of, the, top of the table by beating Southampton. So I would I would want to draw here and then, you know, look to, we've got to play Oxford as well, haven't we? as well as Southampton before the season's out. So, you know, get get a draw, keep them at, at arm's length a little bit and then look to beat them both to, to take it home comfortably. So, Dave, I'm, I'm from the school of thought, which is, if I get, if I put the league table back up here, Oxford beat Southampton is really helpful to take points away from Southampton because that, goal, that game's advantage is so significant, isn't it? But as Seb says, it actually puts Oxford ahead of us by one point, but we have to play them at the gold star ground. So surely you back yourself in that situation if Oxford win to beat Oxford if you need to. And I th- and Oxford still have games to play. To Seb's point, Southampton have fixture congestion. They're in the League Cup today. They've got another League Cup game coming up, obviously the final, I think. They've withdrawn from some Southern Cup with Bournemouth. Are you think Southampton's games catch up with them when they start dropping points? What's your yeah, theory? I mean, you you would think so, but just look at their dominance. I mean, okay, we we obviously went there and won, but they conceded. Did I see that right? They conceded three goals, three. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, two of them are against us. That's quite remarkable. I mean, they, then you're right, and two against us, albeit okay, no different. Okay, no, not a great deal different to our run. First teams run under McKenna, really up twelve games, not a huge amount of difference there. But yeah, I I think I'm with Seb. Really, I think yeah, um, a, a draw wouldn't be the uh, wouldn't be the worst result in the world, really. And hopefully, back back Ipswich, back the girls to beat, um, back the girls to beat Oxford at Fortress. Delwood, and then um, and also the the Saints game later on in the season. What you said about the surface, I think perhaps we underestimate perhaps just how good the surface has been at Felixstowe. Mm. To, be, to be fair, and I know we've seen it. We saw last week. I mean, it was just the surface was pretty good, but there, I mean, just no bare patches, was it? It was bumpy and it was windy, of course. But um, you know, other than that, I think um, 
I think from what you guys, well, what you've said, Rich, about the surfaces elsewhere, they've been awful. So, um, yeah, I think um, more kudos to Felix, though, for preparing such a good, um, such a good surface for the for the ladies to play on. That being said, their match was abandoned on the weekend for a waterlogged pitch which, at which, the Gold Star. At the was Gold it really? Star. Yeah, well, there you go. But it was <laughs> relentless. Seriously? It kind of rained for a whole day, pretty much, didn't it? So. Well, it, it did. It did, to be fair. But, yeah, okay. But it was, um, yeah, it's, I think it's not um, patchy, we shouldn't yeah. underestimate it. No, not, it isn't. No, exactly. That's, what, that's where I was going with it, yeah. Yeah. And the, the gold mouse at this level are always a little bit iffy this time of year. But yeah, they are. Yeah, certainly not. Images put up by the on the club Twitter and that kind of stuff for the last few weeks, you know, MK Don's away. Crawley away, just absolute shockers. Yeah, there were so, shockers, weren't there? And, and and Joe Sheen at full time kind of saying, you know, the team have had to mentally figure out how to get victories or um, get results in on these in these kind of conditions. And yeah. that only bodes well for as the pitches improve and hopefully as the team rise up the pyramid, yeah. it's been less of an issue as well. I mean, where, where do you stand on the um, where do you stand on the whole? De- well, I think I know where you stand on the whole debate with regard to the cup, the upcoming cup match and the the venue. I or is yeah, it even so, is, is it even up for debate as far as I don't know. You're concerned. So that's what I don't know, and um, I was hoping that we'd be able to catch up with Kieran Stanley from ITFC Women this this week. Um, so we'll figure that one out, and hopefully we will. I don't know whether, and I'm, and I might pick this up and might be totally wrong on this. So don't start making any plans based on what I'm about to say. Hmm. But I think at the semi-final stage in the FA, uh, sorry, the quarter-final stage, particularly because you're there's only one third tier team left, and that is pretty uncommon anyway. Yeah. Elite level protocols start to come in, which uh. I think are standard in the championship in the WSL, which might possibly make the Gold Star unsuitable because of that. And I don't know whether television might be a factor as well. I don't know if they've announced the televised games yet, but if Ipswich are one of the games on TV, I would suspect the infrastructure just isn't there to support that. So that would make it Portman Road. And it's obviously the weekend, if I just remember correctly what the fixtures are, it's the weekend of the 19th. Oxford away. Oxford away. Oxford away. So it's kind of convenient in, in, in that respect. So, I suspect the club will announce something quite soon about that. If it, if it doesn't come down to logistics and infrastructure and all the nerdy stuff, that doesn't really matter when it comes to football, frankly. I think Gold Star is a is a, a competitive competitive advantage, isn't it? I mean, do we agree with oh, that? Without, I think I think without question. You know, I, I mean, I, West Ham. I'm not sure where they play. I'm not sure where they play their games. I assume they don't play at London. Well, I know they don't play at London <laughs> Stadium, but but um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's you know, we, all through the years we've seen the great cut upsets. I mean, probably the most famous cup upset of a lot. Well, I can vaguely remember you've seen the pictures. It was probably Hereford against um, Hereford against Newcastle way back in the what, early 70s. And remember you've seen the pitch for the Ronnie Radford goal. I mean, it is like a plant field, and it is a hell of a you know. It's not saying the goal stars anywhere like that, but you would assume it won't the surface. Although we've just been bigging it up won't be any near as good as what West Ham are used to playing on. So it is a leveller, but it's a double-edged sword for the, for the, for the team, isn't it? You know, they love no doubt what, what an opportunity to play it play at Portman road against the top team, you know, on a, on a brilliant surface, brilliant facilities, but then, then do you negate your chances? Um, I think you do of, um, of ultimate, you know, ultimately springing an upset and winning the game. I think you probably do. Just to say that, um, I think, and again, um, Feel free to correct us on Twitter, YouTube, in the comments. I believe West Ham's women's team play at the Rush Green Stadium. Yes, I think I saw that, yeah. Which doesn't yeah. look 
particularly salubrious. I think it's where Gray's Athletic play, Gray's. I believe. Yeah, it is. It so is. bigger capacity, certainly. Um, yeah. But it's not It's not like playing at Plough Lane or something like no, that. Like, I would say Wimbledon or MK Dons, where MK Dons play when they don't play good teams like Ipswich and Southampton. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. As I say, I think the decision might be forced. It's been forced upon me. Um, but if it isn't, I would be going for Gold Star. And, and, I, and we will be certainly supporting as many people to get there as possible. And, Produce the atmosphere, Dave. That was, you know, pivotal. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, hopefully, if it is at Portman Road, maybe they'll relax the alcohol rules, and you can actually sit <laughs> around the same, you know, having a beer, having a beer whilst leaning on the, um, yeah, whilst leaning on the advertising boards watching the game. I, I would assume not, but um, yeah, look, what, whatever, whatever happens, Rich, it'll be a great occasion, won't it? Brilliant it occasion will. for. Them. I mean, we were there last week. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Yep. So yeah, and you can see how much it meant to, well, meant obviously meant to the team and, and you know everybody. It was. What a, yeah, unbelievable! Just incredible, wasn't it? The, the final, the final yeah. kick of the game, and then the penalties. Amazing. Yep, yep. That's, I've, I've, and we can tick one of the that's off our kind of football bucket list: seeing a goalkeeper score a goal. Uh, <laughs> and only old goal. Well, it was an imperious header, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Absolutely bulleted it in. Was. It was incredible. So, yeah. um, congrats to the ITFC women's team. As I say, yep. we we certainly in the build-up to West Ham, we'll be doing um, hopefully some more player interviews we'll try and get the lowdown from kieran next week if we can if, if if something i'm sure something's going to be announced rather than being um put, <laughs> announced through the podcast but you never know we like to break <laughs> news as well um so we will keep th- keep you posted on that one and and the team are in league action next week i think it's cardiff away so a bit of a trek before they face west ham so um but according to my analysis um apart from southampton and oxford ICFC don't have to play a team who are currently higher than eighth in the league. So the fixture list is pretty convenient or um, kind. A lot of those games at home as well for the remainder of the campaign. Rack those goals up. Get the goal difference sorted. Exactly right. We'll be back after this to talk about Fleetwood. With wings more crisp than a James Norwood finish, ribs meatier than Sam Morty tackle, and chicken tastier than Wes Burns, favourite is Britain's tastiest chicken. And as a listener of the Blue Monday podcast, you can get 20% off by entering BM20 at the checkout. Order direct from their menu at chicken-ipswich.co.uk. They'll deliver anywhere within a 2.7-mile radius of the store. And if you're not quite as local as the Bond family, you can click and collect. The store is located just off Hadley Road. Favourite, Britain's tastiest chicken. There you go. Mikey's back in the voiceover chair. That's what we want. Let's talk about Fleetwood, gentlemen. Let's start with a lineup, shall we? Seb, um, should we start with Fleetwood for once, um, for a change? In the pre-match show, we were bigging up the absentees up front, but there were some important re-emergences from injury, if that's a word. Uh, talk yeah, to they, us about this team. They changed things up, didn't they? So obviously we predicted a 4-1-4-1 because that's what they went with away to Wigan. Um, and obviously because we predicted it, they did something completely different. They went to a three at the back system to match us up. I guess to maybe to incorporate Toto back against us. We'll, we'll discuss him, I guess, in, in depth later. Uh, the two wing-backs, Danny Andrew and, and Callum Johnson, who are normally the, the full-backs, they were playing as wing-backs. Johnston uh, and Camps continued in midfield. Paddy Lane was back, which is a big, big boost for them. He's made 21 appearances. I think it's five goals, eight assists. So he's a, a key, key player for them. 
him. And then it wasn't really like it's there on the screen. There it's a 3-5-2. It was kind of a 3-4-2-1. A you had Pilkington and Lane sort of just behind Harrison. Harrison was the focal point, And they were trying to sort of link the midfield with the uh, with, with Harrison. And then back on the bench was uh, was Garner. Was he not, not, not Joey Garner. Gerard Garner was back on the bench after a lengthy sure. absence since, I think it was just before, or just after Christmas maybe. Um, didn't, didn't get on the pitch, but he was back on the bench to boost their attacking options. Yeah, no Joe Garner, Dave. Do you see the scrap that he had in midweek? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's two sort of feisty characters. I mean, McLean's <laughs> no shrinking violet, is he, for goodness sake? So it's like something at WWE, wasn't it, for God's sake? Yeah, which is all kicked off. Um, and yeah, I mean, the ref had no... Uh, had no other option, I think, that uh, the double red card there. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't totally sorry that, uh, that Garner was out yesterday, I must admit. No, he's, he's definitely um, can mix it up, shall we say. Certainly uh, can. Good to see some ex-ITFC interest, as you said, Seb, in Toto Enciala and Ellis Harrison as well. Yeah. And yeah. making a fist of things there at Fleetwood after a spell at Port, uh, Portsmouth. As for Ipswich... As always, we kind of know that uh, you're going to get seven of the 11 who are pretty consistent. It's who's going to slot alongside Morsey and who's going to play in the front throne of three positions. Again, this image that we're showing on YouTube for, uh, is a bit weird. I think it was a 4-4-2. Uh, three, 3-4-1-2, wasn't it? Um, what do you think about Selena slotting in alongside Morsey, Dave, and Piggott and Jackson up front? Yeah, I mean, you know, Selena's so talented. I must admit, I was a bit surprised that um, Backinson didn't start alongside Morsey. Um, and, and not pleasantly surprised it was um it, it was selena really um i don't know from i so i didn't i didn't see any of the game yesterday i listened to most of it the second half on radio suffolk and yeah i think from what i understand selena started really really quite brightly and you know played played one or two balls one or two nice three balls and stuff and then as he has done and i felt he has done i think we have as a collective felt he has done in recent games faded faded a little bit but obviously we'll get on to how his position evolved and changed um, changed during the game. But, um, yeah, the rest of it, I was pleased. I think, I'd, again, I, we may have mentioned before, I, I think Piggott perhaps deserved a, deserved another chance. I mean, obviously not for his goal-scoring attributes at the moment, but I thought the last time out he played and started, I thought he did, obviously thought he did okay. And, and uh, you know, McKenna thought so also. So, um, yeah, yeah, all in all, I think I was quite happy with that. Yep. Seb, last time out at Morecambe, Obviously, Nord and Bon up front. Um, and Jackson and Chaplin came off the bench and made an impression. Your kind of thoughts on yeah. the, Bon and Nord being withdrawn and Chaplin and again, set pieces there. We'll talk about those in a bit as well. But yeah, give us your thoughts. Not a surprise. You know, Nord and Bon never got going last week at all. So it wasn't a surprise for them to be benched. I think when you bring in Chaplin, Selena, you know, you're bringing in just technically better players, aren't you? You know, you've got, you know, Norwood, the Bash brothers, they're called, aren't they? Norwood and Bon are great if you want to try and rough it up and, and do that kind of thing. But if you're bringing in the likes of Selena, Chaplin and, and pick up with his hold up play, which I guess we'll discuss in a bit, they're just technically better footballers. And, you know, seeing Selena start in the central midfield position was a bit of a surprise. Um, obviously, it's signaled to be a very attacking lineup from when we saw it, but it, it, it just worked really well. And it's just a, a a more fluid, I guess, kind of footballing side than perhaps you get with the the more streetwise uh, notions of, of Bon and Norwood. 
though maybe requires Morsey to sit more than well that's the sacrifice isn't it yeah you sacrifice Morsey getting forward we'll talk about the goal and, and Backinson obviously coming on and making that difference but for the first half yeah Morsey was just the you know the the very deep lying player to allow Selena to try and break forward and, and look to create things so you, you do sacrifice that that attacking instinct we've seen from Morsey since since uh, McKenna took over and Matt Penny was fit enough to make a return on the bench yeah, as well which is another helpful option to have i mean the first 10 minutes seb you were there so you feel free to give us your insights from the away end chaplin involved in two kind of big moments um one creating the other taking a shot do you remember the yeah yeah there were there were sort of three things from chaplin in the first half so about five minutes in as a corner swung in the corner delivery was so much better yesterday they were more whipped and hit with purpose into you know the the corridor of uncertainty as we call it where the keeper has to either commit or someone has to put a big boot on it to clear it but they were just so much better quality after five minutes he puts one in and Edmondson kind of bundles it wide at the near post he put one in later as well which sort of bounced I think in the middle of the penalty spot and Danassian was running in and I thought he was just going to tap it home but he was implying he was kind of pulled back and stuff but the the set piece delivery was so so much better and Chaplin had one effort as well where he kind of has a bit of a link up play with I think it's uh, I think it was Piggott uh, one of two or three times Piggott sort of dropped deep and really really he sprayed the ball around nicely and he gets it onto his left foot and gets a shot away but just just no power and not to trouble the keeper and there's something on is it something about 17 minutes in again another effort for Chaplin quite close in but starts from Piggott picking the ball up in deep and getting the ball out to him do you remember that one as well yeah he, he pings it out so yeah a couple of times Piggott was was sort of taking a touch but with back to goal he's absolutely superb you know he's a really real handful and he's got his back to goal and his awareness was really good he pings it out wide to to Burns uh, I think that was the effort where Burns played it into Chaplin he gets it onto his left foot and it's a bit of a bit of a p-roller a similar instance was when Burns had an effort from the outside of the outside of the D on target but couldn't really get his foot around it you know he kind of tried to curl it with his right foot couldn't really get any anything behind it uh, Piggott had an effort as well, deflected over. Uh, he looked to shoot on sight. And then we had the one where the keeper kind of ran out to clear his lines, made a bit of a hash of it. And like, well, I guess he was trying to do like Selena did against Crew back in November. Piggott goes for the chip, but it kind of harmlessly floats over the bar. But we were creating these chances. That we, were, we were creating better quality cut chances. I was a better clear cut chances than at Morecambe. Uh, so we, we were all pretty encouraging the way in, to be honest. There was an effort for Andrew, I think in both halves actually, but certainly first half where cross shot, it's at Walton, but he has to claim it again on the pitch. That's no mean feat. Oh, the, pitch was, the pitch was awful, yeah. It cut really, really quickly. It was a really, really poor pitch. Was um was the the flip side of creating more of these chances that we're perhaps a little bit more open? Was that anything that you noticed? Not really. I mean, they, they didn't threaten at all. They were a really poor side. Harrison kind of won a few things in the air. You know, we know what he's like. He's a he's a presence up front. He likes to put himself about a little bit. He was pretty good in the air, to be honest, in the first half. He was winning things, but there was there was no real threat apart from that effort where it fell to Andrew and he kind of hit it on his left foot, didn't he? But it was a, a relatively comfortable uh, save by Walter. Uh, Andrew's Andrew's got a great left foot. He's, he's usually set piece deliveries are usually good, but I don't really think other than and he's also got a throw on him as well, hasn't he? But I don't think um even between the lines, don't think they have any set plays at all, did they? No, we dealt with everything comfortably. There were a couple of long throws in the first half. He would come over to the right-hand side and look to launch them in. But we dealt with it all really, really comfortably. It was it, it was very much like Cheltenham and like Morecambe. You know, we absolutely dominated the ball, passed it around nicely, had a few good moments, created a couple of opportunities. And, you know, we were all, we were all pretty confident. It felt a bit different in terms of the chances created at halftime. We were kind of thinking, OK, this, this does feel a little bit better uh, because the, the chances we were creating and, and, and noticeably looking to get bodies into the box meant we kind of thought we were going to nick one at some point. Point. And this, I guess, teams are going to uh, have figured out now that 
Burns at kind of right wing back is is he's not a defensive wing back, is he unlike Thompson down the left? So was the was the balance very much towards the right hand side and is it something that for us to be figuring out and maybe Pat Penny comes in at some point because of that lopsidedness of our attack, Seb, or did the ball go were we passing all over the place as we did against Morecambe? We were pinging it out both sides, but it was noticeable that Thompson doesn't like to, you know, beat his man and get to the byline and whip a ball in, whereas that's what Burns wants to do. It was noticeable that Danassian was always getting up in support of Burns as well. So in effect, you almost had, you know, Danassian was basically a right back at times and Burns was almost like a right forward. Danassian was so far forward at, so, at some points that we were definitely looking to double up on that side and, and, and try and create something. And most of the good stuff in the first half did come down that side. 45 minutes just before our time, Dave, Joe Piggott's going to have this effort that hits the post. And he's, is this have you, the chance he had at Burton, is it, I think, where he hits the post as well? There's a couple of efforts Seb mentioned from long range. Is he, is he, does he just need to hit a scuffy, yes. crappy little tackle? He's, he's he almost, to... I mean, I mean, he had a great strike yesterday and just drifted, drifted. He should have scored, but just drifted wide, clips the outside of the post. And against Burton, exactly the same. He probably does everything right, but he's, do you know what? He's a striker who's he's obviously not scoring goals. Perhaps a bit of loss of confidence in front of goal. I don't think in his all-round play, um, and he's just been too deliberate. Do you know what I mean? You know, you yeah. look at you look at some of the Bond goals early. So, okay, Bond scored some brilliant goals, but there were some. You know, you know, when you're on a goal-scoring run like that, scuff shots go in the net. You know, Christ, we saw Marcus Stewart in the great season do its balls with going in against Arsenal off his shoulder and off his backside and everything. You know, when you're in a run, when you're on a run like that, you just do. You know, these strikers are so confident; they just do. It's second nature. You know, they do things without without thinking and. Um, yeah, he's just been, I think, too deliberate. He's very unlucky. He should score it. Of course, he should score, but it's just the way it's going for him at the moment. Yeah, and uh, we've got a question about. We'll come back to Pig. We've got we've got a question about Piggott. You know um, that, that that shot. You know he hits it well. That shot's curls away from the keeper, ends up ends up in the side net, and you thought, well, what a strike, what a goal. Yeah. But you're talking fractions, aren't you? Yeah, exactly right. Millimeters, maybe Seb, um, from your vantage point at the way end. Were you thinking this is in? And and also, I I mean, hindsight from someone who's never played f- football at any level of particular, you know, but the near post is an option for him as well here, isn't it? The whole Just goal. Roll, yeah, roll, roll it in the near post. He does well, doesn't he? You know, he gets a bit lucky with the break off the, yeah. off the defender. And he, yeah, like Dave said, he just hits it too well. And he looked distraught when he missed it as well. He looked proper downfall. But but the away end, you know, gave him a really good reception from it and stuff and looked to pick him back up again. And it's just the way his, his season's going, isn't it? You know, it's all, it's, it's 95% really good play and really, really, you know, direct, direct running and, you know, decent play. But it's that one, that, that 5% that he's currently missing out on. But I thought personally he played, he played well yesterday. I thought he did well. But like you say, maybe just roll it at the near post and roll it past the keeper. But, you know, he's done everything right. And it's, you know, if it's what, five centimetres the other way, it's, it's it's a goal and he's up and running. But unfortunately, it's the yeah. way it's going for him. Yeah. Start of the second half then, Seb. Uh, McKenna's post-match, um, which I can always recommend for listening to you always hear something. Well, you hear lots of things that make lots of sense. You're not going to be patronised. You're not going to be um, gaslit by someone about performances. Um, very much worthwhile listening to Kieran McKenna. He was saying that at halftime, it was a case of reinstilling some of the belief in what we were doing, maybe heads have started to drop a little bit. That similar to Cheltenham and Morecambe, the goal hadn't come. The surface was problematic. But it, this, from to me, the start of the second half is a little bit sloppy. There's an effort for for um, Clark, isn't there? Quite close. Yeah, Walton's called into action. Yes, yeah, so the first time they. 
Yeah, it was the first time they did anything with a with a set piece. It's a long ball, a long diagonal ball forward from the set piece from Andrew. I think Wolfenden flicks it on. He tried to clear it and flicked it on. And, and Clark sort of hits it. He's a centre back. He sort of hits it on a half volley and gets a good connection. And and Walton, you know, he's had almost nothing to do all game, but he, you know, he's alert and he he gets round and he tips around the post really well because he had Harrison was right there for any kind of spill. If he hadn't got a strong left hand on it, Harrison's going to tap that ball home. But he gets down and, and tips it round, and that's what you that's what you want from your keeper. You know, he, he's he's done nothing really all game, but he's he's switched on he's alert and we yeah we did kind of start a little bit sloppy in the second half but we, we soon started to rack it back up again just very quickly on Walton Dave the, the, these kind of shots I'm, I'm, I'm I've got Dean Gherkin in my head of have you shots yeah <laughs> as Never. in the, the total antithesis of, <laughs> of Walton and, and this is you know in terms of the clean sheets obviously as a unit as a defensive unit they're set up very much much better than they were under Cook. But Walton just does not give any margin for any of these kind of shots that come into him quite close into his body and spill out. Because these are the secondary chances that teams used to gobble up against us. And Gherkin was, I'm I'm picking on him, but he's definitely what a spiller, isn't he? I think, I think perhaps thinking thinking back last season, Holy at times as well. You know, you'd get and spread himself and make a good save, but instead of a strong hand pushing it out, the strong hand or arm would push it out left, the strong hand or arm, I'm just talking that way, would push it out, you know, for a striker to, as you say, go, gobble up. So he's just a class goalkeeper. You know, it's, uh, you, I don't think you'd underestimate the importance that signing, that signing's been, you know, he just instills confidence in the whole, the whole back unit, doesn't he? Well, right through the team, he comes for crosses, he catches crosses. Um, just phenomenal goalkeeper, I think. Yep. And it makes a difference. We've got a question on him as well, so we'll come back to him later on. 66 minutes, though, Seb, this substitution, um, Backinson for Piggott. What's your thought? Just explain to us Morsey's situation leading up to this change and what was anything noticeable afterwards? So Morsey, obviously, for the because he's got Selena next to him, he's playing the disciplined role. So he played well in the first half. He was everywhere. He was winning his tackles, but we didn't really see any of those runs that he's been making in recent weeks. He was very much having to, you know, sit back and do the screening work to allow the likes of Selena and Chaplin to to do the stuff further up the pitch. So it, it was noticeable that in the first half he did very little. And obviously Backinson coming on, we were all a bit surprised because at that point Selena had been quite quiet for sort of the second half of the first half and the start of the second half. And we kind of thought, okay, maybe he'll be the one to come off and it'll be a like-for-like central midfield change to free Morsey up. But obviously he, he takes Piggott off. Piggott's hold-up play was was good. Like you say, we've, we've got a question, so we'll come on and discuss him. But it just gave that freedom. You know, suddenly you've got Jackson through the middle. Uh, uh, when it was a three, Jackson was noticed to be on Enciala on the left-hand side, but he suddenly went into the middle more, which then allowed Chaplin and Selena to play in that sort of you know number number ten roles behind him. And obviously, Morsey could then look to make those runs he's been doing in recent weeks because he's got the insurance policy of, of Backinson behind him. So, with hindsight, as we're about to discuss, it's a, it's a fantastic tactical change by McKenna. Yeah, no coincidence. Six minutes later, you mentioned Chaplin. Um, yeah, Burns is involved, and and Morsey's involved too. Yeah, so, you know, really good awareness to take the free quickly. So what's crucial here is that it's it's one of the centre-halves, it's Zach Jules that takes uh, Chaplin out. Chaplin very up, up on his feet quickly, passes it. So suddenly the, the centre-back is out of position and they're back five, which it was because the two wing-backs weren't getting forward at all. It's suddenly a back four. You've got Jackson making sort of a clever run. He pings it into Selena. That's where you want Selena. That's what he wasn't really doing in the first half when he had to be slightly deeper. He suddenly got it in that little bit of space. He's looking to run towards the, the back line. Plays a lovely ball out to Burns. Burns takes a touch. 
puts great, you know, great accuracy and great pace on the ball. And then you've got Morsey for the first time in the match doing one of the runs forward and he's there to, to side foot it home. But because obviously you've got the player out of position, Enciala goes across with Clark and with Andrew to where the ball is, to where Jackson is. And that creates the space for Morsey just to run onto and tap the ball home. And yeah, the, with hindsight, like we said, it was a, a great decision to, to, to bring Backinson on. It really made the difference. And suddenly, you know, that the, you could see it in the, in the team, the, the confidence that started to, to lift from them. You know, the bench went crazy, we all went crazy. And then you're starting to think, right, we've got this one now and this could easily be two or three more. And Dave, um, Morsey says afterwards, I've scored 500 of those in training. You can imagine it, can't you, knowing how McKenna works, mm. can't you? Yeah, no, it's a good thing. I mean, just a word on the substitute, on the substitution, really. Um, I would confidently predict that our, our previous two managers, you'd have seen a like-for-like substitution and Piggott would have gone off and Jacks and Jackson would have... Um, yeah, and Piggott would have gone Bonner off and been replaced yeah. by Bonner and Orwood. Yeah, quite so. At the time, and well, it was good yesterday. Tommy Miller was co-coms yesterday on Radio Suffolk yesterday. Really, really good. Um, and um, yeah, he 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 was. He thought, yeah, this could, as you said, he thought that might have been Selena. But yeah, then when it when it happened, you know, after we scored the goal, he said, yeah, you can see the benefit. You can see the tactical nous there that it's released Selena 10, 10, 15 yards forward, and and there's the benefit. Yeah. And I, I don't have any action or notes written down between the goals, Seb. Nothing. Very not little. There was a long ball forward from Fleetwood, um, which we thought Harrison was going to get onto the end to. But in the end, he mm. kind of played it out to, to Hayes in like a wide left kind of position. And, and Wolford and Edmondson were just strong and shepherded the ball out. And that that was it really until the second goal. And Dave, we've talked about Selena maybe fading a little bit, but then suddenly he's got the X factor, hasn't he? And, and another. Just a- yeah. Great you run. watch his goal back. It's just a lovely goal, a lovely, simple, quite simple goal, but such a clever, clever goal. And Thompson does well initially. The ball is um, played right across the park. I think it's. I think Wolfenden um, plays it left to Edmondson, who then just plays a sort of sort of little diagonal ball, as we see to to Thompson, who um, does well. Stands up his man, as you say. He doesn't go outside. He doesn't like that, does he? But comes inside cleverly. And rolls the ball initially inside to um, inside to Selena, and this this is where it's good. Selena, and this is where he finds it. But Selena just first time ball back to Morsey, and then Selena just drifts off. And you can see if you follow Selena, he just drifts off and finds that ten yard pocket of space. And it's good for Morsey because again, Morsey then advances with the ball five another five ten yards. It's, it's so simple, just slips a simple ball to Selena. Really clever from Jackson. Um, no disrespect to Macaulay Bond, but. You, maybe, maybe there would have been a whistle at this point, but it's a clever run from Jackson. Off, it's a clever run from Jackson off the last defender's shoulder, and um, no, it's just a, a simple, simple diagonal. What again, 10, 15 yard ball from Selena, and a really, really composed finish. I mean, they said on Suffolk that he took it round the keeper. He didn't really he opened up the angle on his left foot, and confidently just slips it inside the um, slide the near post, low to Ken's right. It's a really nice goal, that really well constructed. Yeah, you know, it's really, the, the, the pace on the ball from Skin is lovely as well, isn't it? Because Jackson doesn't have to take a touch or do anything. No, he's he, had to break stride. He can just he roll it first time. And, and, and yeah, that's, what's, that's what Selena can do. But yeah, the whole move is it's a lovely constructed goal, actually. Good grief. You know, McKenna must have been absolutely, del- you know, you just seen, you know, the tactical now right there, right there. Again, Jackson admitted as much. They've been working on that as well in training, getting time in that run. Because, yeah. I, because that's the thing. I think against that he back line, said we mentioned Clark. We know Enciala isn't great for pace. I don't know much about 
Jules is it the other one, but he doesn't need to set off so quickly because he knows that he's got that initial five yards advantage. Explosiveness, yeah. He's they're not going to beat him for pace. And yeah, no, he leaves stay very calm, in. Dave. And yeah, sorry, it's a super, it's a it's a super finish. He really does. He sort of stands the goalkeeper up. And he gives him the eyes, but yeah, just like I said, just strokes it in the strokes it in the near post. He did everything that, as we said, Piggott didn't do with his chance in the first half. Yeah, killer instinct. Sorry, Seb. You went. No, I was just saying, you know, he's, he, because he's explosive, he can make that initial run. And NCR is, you know, nowhere near him. Clark's not great against against pace. And at that point, Callum Johnson, the right back, is, is nowhere near it. So it's a, a clever run, beautiful ball and a lovely goal. And well-deserved. You know, 2-0 was, was well-deserved. 1-0 we'd all have taken, given the, 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 the last couple of games. But 2-0 put a much fairer reflection on it. It was really well-deserved. It was a really dominant performance. And, and we did play just really go, well. Just going back to NCR, did he not get some grief yesterday oh. from the... I didn't know whether we wanted to talk about it, but we, we'll talk about well, it. Well, like, you know, yeah. Well, no, because so we were, because they were attacking the, the... They were defending the away end first. We were attacking the away the, end behind the goal. So he was there for the whole time. And the first thing he did was sort of put Thompson out, you know, almost over over the back with, with his strength. And then he shanked one out of play and that's when it all starts. And then the poor guy, you know, at 1-0, it's Toto, Toto, what's the score? At 2-0, he's getting abuse as well. Seriously? You know, for, yeah, it, it, I felt sorry for him by the end, but, you know, that's that's the way. Look, for, for all his, you know, my take on that, for all his limitations, he never gave less and you couldn't say he wasn't committed, you know, yeah, for, for we, us, you know. we was, The guys I was with, we were saying, you know, it's not his fault that he, he wasn't good enough. You know, he's brought in to replace Adam Webster, for God's sake. You know, that's yeah. not his fault. It's, no. not, it's not his fault, but that's, that's the world we live in, I guess. Harrison got a bit of stick as well, but, he, you know, he deserved that a little bit more because he was kind of leaving it on Edmondson a couple of times and putting a couple of late, nasty challenges. But mm. the stuff on Toto, I thought, was a, was a bit unfair. Yeah, a bit of talk, it's a yeah. shame, really, because yeah, our travelling support is generally quite good, but, yeah, it, it's not going to be an uncommon occurrence, is it, in football terraces up and down no. the country. It's just a bit no. of a shame that, you know, we can't give respect to players who have, yeah, tried their all, yeah. might have been part of the club at a really crappy time in our history, might not be the players that we wanted them to be, but the managers in charge at the time pick the teams they think are best, aren't they? So yep. we wish Toto all the best for the rest of his career. Absolutely. So I, I just, I'm just going to, my final comment comments before we sum up the match, um, which very much feels like a, a, a Cheltenham, a Morecambe performance, but with goals, Seb, kind of pretty fair. Yeah. 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 Spot. Is, is Selena is it just, it feels like Selena's like Neo in the matrix when at the end he kind of sees the world in matrix code, like those kind of passes, there are not too many players at league one level, certainly that, that can make that assist to Jackson. And it is the X factor that could be the difference between wins and losses, isn't it? And um, we just need to figure out a way to get this personnel right. So that we don't, as we were saying earlier, just lose the, the new threat that we've gained through Morsey. Um, but guys, um, another, another win, another clean sheet. And for the first time this season, if I put the graph up for those watching on YouTube, our points tally now exceeds the points we've gathered by the same point last season. So <laughs> our terrible start has kind of been negated, though we obviously didn't finish in the top six last season. But nevertheless, another kind of flourish or a cherry on top of the weekend results. So there you go. But a dominant performance and... 
And um, the clean sheet is, is superb. Oh, you know, is it two goals yeah. conceded now in something like nine games or something crazy? You know, Edmondson and Wolf and Dylan Danassi, you know, they're just absolutely superb. You never feel like we're in any real danger. I know Fleetwood weren't great and Morecambe, et cetera, weren't great, but you never really feel like you're in danger. Whereas in the past, you know, I mean, God under Cook, we would concede, what, two a game on average or whatever it was, you know, under this the new regime and with those guys in the back three, you just feel so confident the whole game. Who was your man of the match, Seb? Morsey. Morsey. Morsey, yeah. Play, even in the first half when he was playing deeper, he was you know, snapping around and winning those balls, interceptions and stuff. And yeah, for me, Morsey and then you know, Selena and, and Piggott with notable mentions as well. And Wolfenden was really good. Again, Wolfenden. Again, yeah. yeah effortless. Every he's week. making it look so easy. You know, his reading of the game is superb. A couple of times when you know, Harrison's a big, burly kind of physical presence and Wolfenden just reads the game brilliantly, steps up and wins the ball and he's, he's just he's purring. He's beefed up a minute. bit as well, hasn't he? He's bigger, isn't he? He's bigger. He's imposing now, isn't he? Yeah. I, I predict Morsey's going to go on a goal-scoring run now, guys. There you Ooh, go. I've said it. We go. That's what we want. Let's do some questions, shall we? 
being an issue at all? Not really, to be honest. No, I mean, Edmondson seems to be pretty comfortable playing there. I think he's come out and said he doesn't mind playing the left-hand side at all. He didn't really do any of his runs yesterday. You know, in the last few games, we've seen him pick the ball up and look to drive, but, you know, the pitch wasn't great at all, so I'm not sure it was entirely the game for that. But, no, I, I just think Thompson just is just a... I think he's a, he's a left-back, isn't he? He's a left-back playing as a left-wing-back, so he's not comfortable to look to beat his man and whip across him. I, I don't think it's because of who's sort of inside him, and I think I think Emerson looks pretty comfortable, to be honest, in that position. Yep. Okay. Fine. Good. David Rowe, um, from one Dave to another. Uh, is it a coincidence that Tam went away when A. Mathy has the afternoon <laughs> off? Your mate Tommy Miller drove up to Fleetwood in his Audi TT. In his, in his Audi TT, Audi you know. It's, that was, it was it good. Yeah, yeah. I sent him a message, actually. Yeah. He, um, yeah, yeah. He, um, no, he was good. He always comes across comes across really well ironically i think the last co-coms he was on was barrow um barrow then uh, the, ah. uh, the the white game so um yeah he couldn't it was all uphill for him from there wasn't it so um no he always comes across really well and um i didn't get to hear what he's up to aside from obviously yesterday he he left spennymore i think what, october time november time i think um so i'm not sure what he's up to in that respect now but yeah he came he came over really well yeah, I thought he was excellent. I've got to say, funny enough, Jordan, Jordan, when we, we listened to the goal and he said it sounded like um, Tommy Miller describing a Tommy Miller goal, and he's probably spot on, actually. It's a great shout, yeah. <laughs> Arriving right place, right time. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, good analogy, that one. Yeah, right person for that. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a proper... I'll give you... Well, it was a proper question from um, from David. Sorry, but, but let's ask you a, a match-related something from Sully. Our mate Sully in New York. Hey, what, Sully. Uh, what an absolute pleasure to listen to another audio related question to listen to McKenna post match after the crap we've had to put up with with these past many years. Can you imagine actually explaining game tactics to us? Breath of fresh air, etc. Um, we've mentioned this already, but yeah, McKenna. It just, I, yeah, it just gets Sorry. more impressive, doesn't it? Every single. I mean, okay, it's easier when the team's playing well, and you, you know, okay, we got a win for you know, we, we actually got goals that I played deserved yesterday. But he is just a breath of fresh air. And what what I did like about yesterday, he was very quick to um, very quick to play praise Piggott. Um, yep. You know, and he's all round, and he's all round play. Yeah, he, 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 very very impressive young. Well, he's young to me. Very impressive young man. Speaks really well. No BS at all. Um, Oh, yeah, more of the same. What I did notice, and he's starting to get, you know, you, you watched the, the EFL show um, last night and Ali, you know, the, the summariser. Yeah. He's, a re, you know, people are really starting to sit up and take notice. He's obviously really big on him and a big fan. Um, yeah. Interesting, you know, the rest of this season, if the rest of the season pans out positively, his, uh, his stock is going to be really in the ascendancy, isn't it? Goodness me. Interesting enough, Michael Carrick apparently was there again. So what price him turning up on the coaching staff at some point? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Consultant, word. that's what we want. Yeah. <sighs> he could probably just still do a job at least. I, I, yeah. I think he probably could. <laughs> I think we've got enough options there for now, though. He could probably not be funny. He could probably do a job at Man U. <laughs> well, did you? On the park. Yeah. yeah. Oops. So, yeah. I imagine Man United fans feel like we do about the derby now <laughs> against Norwich. It must be, must be yeah. hell playing Man City under Pep. But um, one day, maybe, yeah. fortunes mm. will flip around. Worth mentioning, as you said, um, Ali Maxwell, George Ellett, the guys from Not the Top 20 Pods, did a 15 minute segment at the end of the Forest Sheffield United match on Sky on Friday night and taught through four young technical coaches that are yeah, coming so. through, of which Kieran McKenna was the first one, Bonner, along with it? Mark Bonner at mm. Cambridge, uh, Liam, Liam Manning, Manning as well. Yeah. And 
Joe, I want to say James Robery, sorry, at Newport. So he features in that. We're doing a retweet off our Twitter account, so you can find it there. But head over to Sky Sports Football. I think you'll find it there. And they're not the top 20 guys are definitely worth a follow and a listen and a subscribe if you don't already. One more audio question, uh, Dave, purely coincidentally, um, from Tim Pashley, um, who asks, isn't it strange that the owners have been quiet during this massive improvement? I think... Brett Johnson tweeted yesterday with Mark. He Depp. did. He had a, he had his crush helmet on, didn't he? he didn't did. he? After the, the last um, celebration, okay. yeah. uh, goal celebration he had. So yeah, that was interesting. A good point he made there, Tim. Um, they had been a bit quiet of late, but funny enough, as soon as I read that, um, I think up they pop up, up they pop on up they popped on Twitter. So um, yeah, they've got again. You know, they're quietly um, quietly obviously letting the manager go about his business and uh, and it's working, isn't it? Isn't it? Where uh, I'll get said for you on this one, isn't it kind of the thing where if things are going well, you don't really need to hear no from need. the ownership? Yeah, absolutely. No need is there. You know, they've got Ashton and O'Leary doing the day-to-day running, so they can be the mouthpiece for them. It's great yeah. that we see these coffee morning watch-alongs in Los Angeles. They seem to be doing, but yeah, if it, if it's not broken, there's no real need for them to to step up, is there? No. Yeah, and and we haven't had to be fair, we haven't had from O'Leary and Ashton in in a, in a while as well. I think. Maybe an interview on the website and stuff like that. Obviously, they did program um, notes, I'm sure. But um, I think I'd rather hear from Kieran McKenna. Well, McKenna does it so well, doesn't he? You know, the, the interviews it's, from McKenna are superb. You, you read the story on TWTD, and it's probably four or five times longer than it used to be under Cook and Lambert, you know, and you don't get spouted the same crap week in, week out. So there's no need to hear from uh, and, anybody else because what he says is so eloquent yeah. and so, so superb to listen to. And he always puts himself up. I don't think I've heard, I mean, maybe I've missed it. I don't think I've heard anything from Martin Pert at no, all. Same. Yeah. No, same. <laughs> maybe we'll get him on the pod. Come on the pod, Martin. We'll Come on the pod. And, and bring um, Kevin, the um, performance coach who Craig is. Yeah, un, un, outed. He was outed, yeah, outed earlier wasn't on. He? Yellow, yellow shoes. So well done, Craig. You can finally sleep well at night. And now we know who that person is. <laughs> Moving us on, Sticky74. My main concern for the summer, Seb, um, he he didn't say so, but I'm I'm pointing it to you. If we if we don't go up, is whether any players have non-promotion release clauses in their contracts? Any intel, rumours, or thoughts on that one? I guess it is a gamble, isn't it? Depending on I guess how ambitious we with the, I guess the only one you probably think maybe that would apply to is Morsey. If you've got him to yeah. step down, you know the Celine is alone, so no real issue there. And yeah. you know it just seems to be that we've heard from Ashton saying about this whole running towards adversity kind of sales thing. I get the impression that the vast majority of these players are here for the journey, if that kind of makes sense. I think we've gone away now from the days of the journeyman, haven't we? You know, under under Mick and under Lambert, we get players in who either had injury histories or we're at the wrong end of their careers and stuff. And this just feels like we're building a, a close sort of nucleus of a, a youngish team to look to, to take us forward. So, you know, under under McKenna, I was a bit concerned when he came in, how the likes of Morsey and Evans, the real, real cook favourites, you know, Chaplin as well, would react. But why would you want to move on at this point? You know, we pay really good money compared to probably half the bottom of the championship. You know you can be something part of something special. Right. You've had 12 games now where you've seen exactly what the manager can do. By all accounts, the training sessions and stuff are absolutely superb. So I can't really see why you would want to move on and not be part of next year. Because if we do stay down next year, God, the optimism going into the summer is going to be going to be fantastic, isn't it? 
I think you're right. I, I think it's the coaching, isn't it? They can see, you know, they these experienced players can, you know, and ex-championship players can just see what he brings as a coach on the training pitch, and well, everyone can see it. The benefits and and just the just the general fitness of the squad. I mean, they're so much fitter than they were. You know, you think at the start of the season they were, you know, they were blowing at seventy minutes, but yeah, not now. So the short answer, Sticky, is no, we don't have any intel on any <laughs> non-promotion release clauses, but we hope for the best. Exactly right, Seb. Yeah, spot on. Talking of signings, actually, this question from Les. Les Bailey's a good one. Where do you think we'd be without the last-minute summer signings of Morsey and Walton, who it has to be said were Paul Cook probably targets, weren't they? Um Dave, yeah, huge, gonna... huge signings, huge signings. Um, I don't think we'd be as consistent. Um, I really don't. Uh, you know, they're well. Morsey was Morsey every week for me. Whenever I've seen him play, every week is a eight, eight out of ten or better. And certainly the goalkeeper is also. So, yeah, I would think we would be um, maybe still gelling, as it were, perhaps <laughs> that whole adage. But um, yeah, I mean they, they have made such a such a huge difference. And yeah, certainly um, props to Paul Cook for for getting them in. You have to yeah. have to say that. Who'd be, who'd be in goal at the moment and would they have been an ever-present or would it be a case of wow. you we'd make have, a mistake and you're out kind of I, situation? I think that's how it would be. I honestly yeah. do. Or yeah. we'd have gone out in January and had to sign somebody because yeah. you know, the way Clacky yeah. started wasn't great. Holy, you know, for two years wasn't wasn't great or consistent. So yeah. I think we'd have fumbled between the two of them for the first half of the season and then come January we'd have moved quickly to get somebody else in. Yeah, I think so. I, you think so too, yeah. Um, Mullet, your mate Seb, um, from the weekend and every weekend, I'm sure, how much change do you expect McKenna to make this summer? Are we seeing a team in his image or just his ability to coach so yeah, far? It's a good question. We discussed this. We were wondering, you know, what, what does McKenna want to play? What kind of system will he want to play? And I guess the summer is when we'll actually properly find out. You know, it's, it's not going to be a window of 19 arrivals again, is it? I, I'd imagine maybe five, six, if you assume that we're going to release, you know, four or five players. I, I think the same amount that go out will be the same amount that come in. And I guess that you could probably now hang your hat on, well, certainly the goalkeeper in the back three. All we're going to be looking to really upgrade on is probably what the left wing back position. And I'm guessing maybe two or three strikers, depending on who from that front line moves on uh, just to um add, add this into the mix as well from lee this is the question we talked about i've talked about before about piggott um lee's got a very um a, a, yeah he's, he's possibly in a, in a different situation to us on piggott um is it time to accept it isn't going to happen for him um cut our losses and find a whole new strike force in the summer i mean in terms of the personnel change turnover that we think uh, that seb's referring to there dave um We've got Norwood out of contract, Bonds alone. Jackson, I think, is out of contract as I well. Think... There's going to be change up front, but I think we we think Piggott's going to come oh, good. Piggott despite will come, the fact I'm, he's I'm got confident. Long confidently, as, as you said, you confidently predict that Morsey's going to go on a goal scoring spree. I'm, I'm confidently predict that Piggott will come good okay. in that in that role. Yeah, he's a he's, you can see it. He's a classy he's a classy footballer. Just needs just needs to add add goals to it. And yeah. I, I really. I, I don't know. Yeah, you get you get frustrated. The Cheltenham game, you know, we got a lot of stick after the Cheltenham game, and it was one thing when probably he did. He took the ball off Selena's toe, and Selena probably would have scored from seven or eight yards. I mean, these things, you know, these things happen. But you know, one yeah, mistake like that, and he got absolute pelters for that, didn't he? And football, as we say, it's all about opinions. It's all about opinions. Um, it's um, and I, I think he's as, as Seb said, he, a classy footballer, um, an intelligent footballer. And he, yeah, he'll, he'll come good for us definitely. And there's something I, I think there's a lot of 
issues for him. We need to talk about, you know, his off-field issues, certainly yeah. towards the start of the season. Yeah. Mentally, yeah. Seb, you know, as a striker, your judgment, your your metric, your KPIs, goals. Yeah. And despite you working hard, and McKenna's seen it, we obviously as, as supporters want to see the goals scored column better. But it must be really demoralizing for him and and it just takes that one goal and, yeah and he'll go off on a run you know he's had he's had off-field stuff since he come here he's gone from being the main man for you know years at AFC Wimbledon playing week in week out to suddenly having to start the season and become a bit of a bench you know bench option and and it's tough to get a run going isn't it you know you know you need some game time to get some consistency you need a bit of luck as he's finding you know in the last three games yeah, he's hit the four games he's hit the post twice hasn't he? he just needs one to bobble in off his shin and I'm like Dave I'm confident he would then go on a run and I really hope he starts against Lincoln I think he deserved it his, his whole up play was superb back to goal he's very very good he was dropping deep which would allow you know Chaplin and Jackson to get in behind and yeah I I was impressed with him I I, I certainly wouldn't be looking to move him on in the summer unless he really really wants to go and I do think he'll come good and he'll he'll go on and if we were to to sell him Dave it would be a a very small undisclosed fee I'm sure and then he'd end up bagging loads of goals for whoever TV ended up with yeah it's it's sod's law no no we we persevere with him and he can only benefit from from the you know the 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 standard of the coaching that the squad are getting at the moment it can only benefit someone like that you know he's young young enough and and you know Seb's right you know off-field problems don't you know don't help I think the same not to a degree I know from what I understand the same with Macaulay Bond as well it's yeah. it's tough it's really tough yeah. we sometimes forget that they're people don't we we just see the, the 90 minutes so on a Saturday don't we really strong yeah. you know you're playing in front Lord, of 23 well. 23 24 25,000 yeah. as it is you know every other week at Portman Road you've got to be mentally strong and if and if you're you know that I don't know that five ten percent is not not quite there yeah you're gonna you're gonna suffer yep and we've, we we all know, uh, yeah. I think it's a great point that you make, Seb. Human beings, yeah. Um, and we all know what fallible, happens. All fallible, exactly. We all rock up at the office having gone to some kind of road rage argument with some <laughs> random stranger, and and that ruins our day. And you know, that yeah. And and all of us know better sitting in the stands, don't we? On our it was very impressive. Worth saying. I know it means nothing in reality, but in the warm up beforehand, Piggott was was very very good. You know, clinical. We were at Morecambe General last week, and oh, no one running cheers because no one scored. I think someone got one, and suddenly the away end was doing ironic cheers. But yesterday they were all Cows really are. steely and really focused, and and I thought Piggott was superb in the warm. I remember saying to Mullet, Piggott looks looks like he's on this one today. There you go. Yeah, that does follow. You know, sloppy. If it's if you're sloppy, you know, pre-game, it does follow. In you know, you do carry it into the games. I'm sure. Yeah. Is it McKenna or someone else who said repetition, 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 all that kind of stuff? Practice, practice, practice. And there's a Sir Bobby Robson quote about that in the dressing room as well somewhere. So. Yeah. Last couple of questions um, are, are of a statistical nature and lead on quite neatly to the roundup. John A, um, not a question, but wanted to point out that it's now one goal conceded in over 700 minutes of football, i.e. since we conceded at Sheffield Wednesday. This season... League and Cup included, under Cook, 37 conceded from 28, which is 1.32 goals per game. Under McKenna, 5 conceded from 13, 0.38 per game. Stark, isn't it? And it's what the guys from the Not the Top 20 were talking about, Dave, wasn't they? One of the core foundations the statistics, of McKenna's success the so far. statistics are damning, aren't they? They really yeah. are. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, really. Just incredible. Yeah. And... 
And again, as they said on, um, I think as Brenner had um, said on Suffolk Co-Coms yesterday, you know, you have to sort of uh, give a nod to John McGreal uh, for initially yep. to get, obviously, to bring in Wolfenden back Wolfenden. in the fold and um, three at the and, back. And, and kicking off with that three at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. Well done, Johnny Mack, doing well for the under-23s as well, coaching with Dyer. Finally, Dave Gort. Okay, here's my maths. Currently, sixth place is looking like finishing with 78 points. Sheffield Wednesday's current points per game times by 46. Um, our points per game since K-Mac took over will gave us 21 points from the last 10. That leaves us in 77. If our K-Mac form continues, do you think 77 will be enough? Well, not to go all Rachel Riley on you, um, Dave. My maths... Oh, I, you, I wish has, you would. <laughs> yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. Sorry, a very poor second, uh, yeah, the backup option. My <laughs> my points per game for, for Sheffield Wednesday is 1.74, and over the course of a season, or even if you add the points they'd get from the remaining games, that puts them on 80, which I think is very comfortable for them to be in the playoffs. They're one of the form teams at the moment. Wickham's points per game, they're currently fifth. 1.69 takes them to 78 points. So I, I think Ben's been pretty consistent. It's going to be a record tally needed yeah. I, I was looking through ignoring the covid curtailed season it's never been over 74 points yeah, to get sick in fact the gonna... lowest out of interest was in the 14 15 season in my 10-year range um, and it was paul cook's chesterfield they got 69 points and got into the playoffs lost yeah. losing to preston north end but yeah on average if you including paul cook's 69 it's 72.6 points 73 points rounding up to get in the playoffs. Um, I think, guys, it's going to be... I mean, look, at, I can give you the form table over six games. It's just look at all that green at the top. I mean, it's yeah. nuts. Look at and it And it's all. all teams going for the playoffs as well. Portsmouth, <laughs> top of the form table over it's six crazy. games. Crazy. Look at it all. Bolton, oh, yeah. who are behind us. Plymouth, who are still there or thereabouts. Sheffield Wednesday. Look at Cheltenham. Talked about them, Rotherham falling away a little bit. I mean, Wickham, Wickham dropping like yeah. look at Sunderland, look at the form of Sunderland, Sunderland yeah. Charlton haven't won a game in ages, yeah. But it's going to be, be such, tally, a, it's going to be such a such a tall order. Or you know, all week, I oh know it's a hell of a football cliche, it literally is at this stage of the season. Let's take each game as it comes, you know, chalk off the chalk off the W's and let's see where it. Let's see where it takes, and that's obviously what the manager's saying. Look, let's see where it takes us, but it's going to be a superhuman effort. But as we said, I think last week, if we make the playoffs, my goodness me, we are going to have so much momentum behind <laughs> us. I mean, we've had momentum under, you know, remember the playoff Burley years, we've had momentum. But if we make it this year, I don't think any of those years will, 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 will you know, coming from where we are, um, even at the time. So when I think, when I think, was it 97, 98, when John, Jono came? Yeah, 97, 98. Yeah, when Johnson came. Well, I think we started the run pretty much when it went, where he came. That was back in like November, I think. But starting to run effectively from what, mid-January effectively, to make it from here is, yeah, that would be unbelievable. So there's a run of games coming up after Lincoln, which we'll talk about shortly where we play Portsmouth, Oxford and Plymouth. Yep. If I put that form table back up there, that's yeah. um, Portsmouth are uh, top of the form oh, table. Yeah. Plymouth Incredible. just below us in seventh. Um, there are some teams in form there, but win those games again, psychological advantage. 
Yeah, and there's, and there's you know I was looking at the, some of the run-ins, and you know everyone's going to be taking points off each other because a fair few of that top seven, eight teams but all just, have to kind of play each other. So all we can do is is we can't ask for any more, can we? All we can do is what McKenna's done since he come in. If we keep averaging two points per game, to quote a certain Mister Diamond, will be there or thereabouts. Well, just looking just looking at the immediate fixtures. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday have got some quite nice fixtures coming up for them. Quite that you would think, but Saturday, for instance, Plymouth away at Bolton, Wickham at home to Rotherham. Um, the not, um, next Tuesday, we're not playing Plymouth. Um, is it, that's it? Yeah, Plymouth at home to Plymouth at home to Portsmouth. So Portsmouth have got us away and then on the 15th they've got Plymouth away wow. and then um, and then on the 19th this Portsmouth Portsmouth Wickham so as Seb quite rightly said all these teams are just going to be yeah. playing each other I mean we're in the same boat obviously we've got you know as we know Oxford um, you know Portsmouth Oxford etc or Ports, Portsmouth Oxford Plymouth so yeah it's going to be some um, yeah yeah ups and downs certainly we've got some ups and downs twist ten, in the- ten, 10 games isn't it to go it's a 10 game shootout now so you're probably going to have to win yeah. seven of them you could probably allow yeah. yourself one defeat so you know seven wins two draws one defeat and we might end up missing out with a, a records point tally by one point or whatever but if we finish the season like that having had six months you know five months under McKenna I think there'll be real real optimism certainly as you know as fans we'll be going into next season yeah. feeling incredibly confident compared to how we have done the last few years you know definitely yep. definitely Here's the here's the actual league of the table with Rotherham and Wigan setting the pace there. Um, so Ipswich ninth on fifty six, um, five points off sixth. Sheffield Wednesday there, who have played I mean, one game less as well. Ali Maxwell made the point on the show last night, didn't he? It seems incredible that Ipswich has been on this unbelievable run. Yeah, they seem to be ninth for like ever. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, always going to be ninth. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, worth just mentioning some results from the weekend as well. Charlton nil, Sunderland nil. Sunderland's yeah. form still stuttering there, and Charlton can't get a win. Uh, Wickham won at Crew, and Dave not a great Oof. afternoon for Raheem Harper. Was Rakeem, it? Rakeem, Rakeem the dream. What did he do? I mean, it's literally it was a schoolboy error. I don't think he was inside his box, but played the ball square about what twenty. 20 similar to perhaps one or two errors um we were making at the start of the season but anyway yeah didn't get caught in possession just played a ball square straight to the opposition about 20 20 yards out i think i think he almost took one touch and scored from there but yeah it wasn't good and i did no i didn't check but i did notice at the end they followed the you know the end of the highlights that i didn't see him on the pitch come the end of the game so yeah not not i think he's going brilliantly for him there no, really, he... really, really odd one. Really odd. But, but who's to say he comes back full pre-season under under McKenna? Never know. Could be flying, flying. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we've got a victory for Bolton at Gillingham. No real surprises there. Oxford, amazing form at home, just scoring goals for fun at home. Four-one win over Burton. Plymouth beat Morecambe two-nil. Portsmouth beat Accrington four-nil. MK Dons beat Rotherham two-one with ten men as well. Poppy had 10 keep... minutes. Well, Harness got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, Which did, I yeah. think was straight. I think that was a straight, so he won't be playing Saturday. Oh, that's handy. Yep. Yeah. And Will Keane scored the goal for Wigan, who beat AFC Wimbledon 1 0. Um, but the game, just to focus our attention on before we say goodbye, was Lincoln 3, Sheffield Wednesday 1, gentlemen. Lincoln up mm. next uh, on our final pack out Portman Road fixture. And what do we know about? Lincoln um, 
mentioned did you mention John Marquis? A brace for John Marquis, wasn't yeah. it, yesterday? Good signing from January. He's got five goals and nine appearances. Anthony Scully, also key player, nine goals, yeah, seven player. assists for him. Decent fullbacks in Cam Bramwell and Brooke Norton Cuffey from Alonia Arsenal, who scored his first goal, I think, for the club on the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday. But up and down form, so patchy. Their last two matches sum this up. Beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-1, and they lost to Gillingham the week before. So 38 points from 34. Um, Same amount of points at home as they have away. So I think just inconsistency there. And worth mentioning as well, the last time we faced them was the 1-0 victory on the 18th of September. Our first win of the season. Crawley Bond. Yeah, a a little bit of a nudge, wasn't it? it? Good cross, but a bit of a nudge. um, Controversial, but... Anyway, yeah, I mean, we should we should also mention incredible result for MK Dons yesterday away at Rotherham mm. with ten men. Amazing result. Yeah, but we're I guess we're now at the stage if if playoffs is what we want, got to win, winning, winning every game, haven't we? And got yeah. to win with these big games coming up now. You know, you get that one out of the way, and then you're into the real. Oh, I tell you what, I mean, win, games, win, win on Tuesday, and what a game set because Portsmouth yeah. always bring a lot, always bring a bring a few, won't they? So be a great atmosphere Saturday. I mean, I mean, good atmosphere Tuesdays as well. It's the twenty-four old pack out Portman Road game yeah. from New Year's Day, isn't it? Or over Christmas. So wow, yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, got to win. Yep. Got to win. There you go. Um, so if you have not got your ticket yet and you're you're thinking, maybe I'll watch on iFollow on Tuesday, get down to Portman Road. Get, this is the time to get involved. And as you say, if we win, then Saturday, get your tickets for Portsmouth as well. It's momentum. Let's build momentum. Let's get behind the team. We will be back um, with our usual run of shows next week. We are currently debating, Seb, whether to do a post-match live reaction um, or whether to hold that until Wednesday. But we will let folk know what's going on there. You're, what's your thinking on that one? You're thinking of going for it? I don't mind me and Mikey have the ability to go for it because we won't be there. But equally, I appreciate some folk like to wait 24 hours and get perhaps a more a more measured response. So I guess you'll fire the text out tomorrow morning and get a multitude of different options and we can we can settle on something. But either way, there'll be there'll be some sort of post-match reaction either straight away afterwards or 24 hours later. Rich's, Rich's Monday morning of herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My uh, taking take reception. Um, with with the kids. Um, BlueMondayITFC.co.uk is where you can find all the information. Either way, we'll set out the itinerary of shows once we know what they are. If you've got an opinion on whether you want a, an immediate post-match reaction, we know that some people find it difficult to access that if you're driving back home. Um, but if you'd prefer that, or if you'd prefer it on Wednesday in a bit more measured way, then um, let us know in the comments um, or at BlueMondayITFC. Um, we'd love to hear from you about that. And also, as always, not to, not to spoil anything, but if it's me, it's likely to be a nil-nil draw because I am a curse for <laughs> immediate post-match games tend to be a nil when I'm on them. So we watched, that might sway your decision, people. Didn't we do Wimbledon or was that me and Dave? Oh, me and Dave had the runaways, yeah, didn't we? No, I didn't, didn't do there that. There you I go. Well, I think, I, think, last year I, and... I think my previous two to that were um, Portsmouth and Wickham, I think. <laughs> there you go. So it'll be <laughs> so back on Wednesday. Dave can't not one to crow. Not one to crow. Dave can't go and has to do post-match straight with Mikey on Tuesday <laughs> no. night, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So expect it on Wednesday then. But do let us know. And we, we always try to accommodate um, what um, folk want to make it as easy as possible for you. But it will be either way. If you can't watch it live, it will be available to um, 
access in the usual places. Pre-match show, Seb and I, we're thinking of doing that and maybe live on Friday as well. So, again, if you want to um, give us your opinions on whether we should pre-record or do it live, we'll be doing it on Friday evening if we do do a live ahead of Portsmouth. But that'll be an exciting one with plenty of attention, no doubt, on that one. And then the flagship will return as usual on Monday morning as well. So keep a lookout for all of the stuff. As I said, Blue Monday, ITFC co.uk um thank you everyone if you've made it this far thank you for your questions some really good input there into the debate and some good some mind probing going on there and dave seb thank you very much for your time and your opinions and insights as well does anyone have any astute things to sum up or say goodbye i'll let you both say goodbye dave you go first oh do you know what on a non-football i think i'm going to indulge myself on a non-football thing R.I.P. Shane Warne, an oh, absolute yeah. great one. So, I was fortunate yeah. to see him play live a couple of times. And, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm quite a big, not quite as big a cricket fan as Craig, but I'm quite a big cricket fan. And, yeah, being one of my all-time favourite sportsmen, incredible. So sad, really sad. And one of those sportsmen that um, no. was just uh, known for freak, throughout freak. the water sport, not just cricket. Just, Absolute freak of nature, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. We're really, really sad. Really sad. What, really sad. what? Yeah, what a commentator. What a character. You know, cricket's yep. lost a big, big character there. There's a really great um, anecdote where he played golf with Kevin Peterson. If you haven't found that <laughs> on YouTube, um, I think it's got some naughty words in it. But go and go and listen to that to get an idea of the man. If you were, oh, if you weren't geez. aware of his cricket, um, it Amazing. was a um, really great story. So yeah, yeah R.I.P. Shane Warne, great shout. Um, Seb, do you want to follow that one? <laughs> I, I could echo Dave's words. Yeah, you know, rest in peace, taken far too young. But, you know, we've got a big week coming up. Let's hope to, to to get three points against Lincoln, building up a massive a massive weekend against Pompey next weekend. And let's see where we sit a week today. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll be here. We'll hope you'll be joining us too. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And come on, you blues. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.